And are we messing up this good thing called life, nature, planet Earth, our home? Well, it sure seems that way. Uh, someone who's been chronicling uh, how much and how often and how deeply we're messing things up is my first guest. Very pleased to have Joseph Rome back on the program. If you've not uh, seen his Climate Progress blog, well, you just have not tuned into your environment, and I encourage you to do that. In our second half, we'll be speaking with someone else who is uh, very closely aligned with climate change, and that is Dr. Michael Mann. He'll be joining us again on the Green Front, coming back to respond to some charges that Dr. Mueller uh, waged against him last week on the show. Uh, of course, Michael Mann is the author of The Hockey Stick and The Climate Wars. He was implicated and vindicated in the um, oh, Climate Gate scandal, as it was called. We'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour, but very pleased to welcome back to the show Joe Rome. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, well, once again, just in awe of your uh, prolific nature. I mean, you somehow managed to write this blog, I think, seven days of the week, and then you also are on your seventh book, and I happen to know you have a child, a uh, daughter, uh, maybe she's seven, around there, a uh, young daughter, and uh, I don't know when you sleep, but congratulations on your latest contribution. Uh, well, thank you. I've been working on this uh, for uh, this book for a very long time. It's uh, called, if like, we can say, Language Intelligence, yeah. Lessons on Persuasion from Jesus, Shakespeare, Lincoln, and Lady Gaga. I just have to get that title in there. And n nowhere does it say climate change in the title or energy or environment. So you must have been, uh, you know, steeping on this for some time, because I know, uh, like uh, D.R. Tucker, my occasional co-host and myself, you're pretty obsessed with the subject of climate change. But perhaps there is a connection in your desire to help Americans and especially professionals speak more eloquently and persuasively about the climate crisis. Yes, well, you know, uh, the thing is that the best communicators uh, throughout history use the same kinds of strategies, um, and I've tried to distill that here for the reader, and, and uh, I talk a little bit in the book about climate messaging, uh, in part because, you know, for me, uh, as a scientist, learning how to communicate well means unlearning how to communicate like a scientist. Hmm. Um, learning how to use uh, short words, learning repetition, learning how to use figures of speech, uh, particularly metaphors. So I talk a little bit about how one does that on the climate side. Um, but, but um, you know, the, the point of this book is anybody who wants to become more persuasive, more memorable, uh, can use these techniques in everyday life, even with your kids or, or your boss or whatever. And we are going to talk about what's been going on with the weather, et cetera, and politics and science uh, since we last spoke, which I think it's been just about a year since you were last on the Green Front. Uh, but let's uh, just drill down a little bit more about uh, this book. It sounds like part of the message, and I look forward to reading it, is uh, you really need to reach people through their hearts as well as their minds, or perhaps even more so. And it has been said that uh, people will not remember most of what you say in a speech or perhaps uh, on a radio show, but they will recall how you made them feel. Well, I think, you know, it, it's certainly the case that, that in oral communications in particular, uh, people are not going to remember most of what you say. And I think, you know, particularly science communication, the notion that people would remember a lot of numbers or facts or analysis, is just, it's just not how uh, people's minds work. And um, so I, I think the goal is to figure out what your main message is and, and to state it uh, both in simple language, but also, you know, in memorable language. And, you know, the figures of speech were developed by uh, Homer 
and uh, the the great bards who gave very long, um, you know, gave very long uh, epic poems that could last an hour. So they needed a lot of tricks, um, and um, uh, to remember things, to remember phrases, and you know those tricks. Uh, are ones that modern social science have uh, shown work today, whether it's repeating words and phrases, whether it's metaphors, puns, uh, you name it. And I try to go through as many different examples uh, in the book. And, you know, it's the good news is climate scientists are really starting to get uh, a lot smarter about this. And... Um, one of the comparisons that we've heard is that is that is really kind of sticking a, a good meme, if you will, is the um, concept of a baseball player having a certain hitting average, but when he or I guess she could be on steroids, uh, that just kind of rises the whole tide. I'm mixing my metaphors here, but um, well, that's that, a great that really question. does. In fact, kind of... I stick that in the book. That that one particular metaphor, the the baseball player on steroids, is a very good analogy for what's happening now because. You know, just like uh, we have extreme weather and we have, um, uh, uh, we've always had extreme weather, but now we've, we've altered the climate so that every weather event is being affected. But it's hard to know how, so you have to look at it statistically. And sort of, if you look at the analogy with a baseball player on steroids, what you have is, you know, you can't say, well, this home run was caused by steroids, but if in a home run season, someone's starting to get 70 home runs, then, um, you know, you, you know. whereas before they were hitting a 30 or 40, you can say, well, steroids, you know, are boosting all their home runs in general and, and causing these extreme, you know, record, record-breaking record seasons. And that's what we're seeing with, with human-caused global warming. We have a climate system that is juiced. It's on steroids. And and so we've been seeing these longer wildfire seasons, the greater heat waves and droughts, and the like like that. And yet, um, and while we are starting to see more meteorologists and more mainstream media outlets mention the C word, uh, climate change, uh, it's still, and there's just a new report out today from Media Matters, still just a fraction of the time, a fraction of the coverage, and then a fraction of the time are they actually mentioning climate change or global warming as they report on the continuing Drought getting more extreme by the day, uh, fires, uh, heat records melting. Uh, are you surprised or, or not that in this incredible summer of extreme weather events, uh, still the mainstream media doesn't seem to be getting the emergency, getting the urgency? Uh, oh, well, very much so. I mean, I think <clears throat> study after study, you know, obviously on climate progress, I write a great deal about how um, the media doesn't connect the dots. Most of the time they'll they'll do a story on extreme weather or they'll do a story <coughs> excuse me on on global warm uh, on 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 a heat wave or drought and they won't mention global warming and then some small fraction of the stories do mention global warming but then don't mention you know that humans are causing it so um, the only good news is that the public can't miss what's going on mm. so your average member of the media they can figure out what um, what is going on, and um, uh, you know, so the public opinion has already has, has clearly been moving in the direction of, geez, you know, humans are changing the climate, and it's obvious what's going on. Um, and so, you know, uh, if only our political leaders would catch up to where the public is, we could see some action on climate change. 
and perhaps even someday a dedicated show on what's going on with our environment and climate. Still, nothing on current TV. MSNBC, by the way, uh, scored the highest in terms of mentioning climate change, and I really give credit to Chris Hayes, who yeah. not only has talked a lot about it, I think you've been on his show, he's got an uh, ad on climate change. Uh, Rachel Maddow, of course, has been good on this, and um, was it uh, Radigan, was uh, Dylan Radigan, was talking about energy issues a lot when he was still on MSNBC. Uh, but if you look beyond that, it's pretty abysmal. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 very unfortunate that this is the story of the century, and it's and it's basically being ignored. In part, people don't think they know how to speak about it, and and of course that's one of the points of my book, Language Intelligence, is to help people figure out how to talk about different things. Um, but in part, it's it's uh, just because uh, you know uh, the the it's sort of the topic of the moment, and 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 the media has let go of a lot of their environment and science reporters, and they've hired you know so everybody's a generalist or a political reporter, and and they really are are more interested in 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 sort of the latest you know <clears throat> story of the day rather than telling people the most consequential thing that's going to be affecting their lives in the coming years. Well, and the drought is not going away. Uh, so it, it seems that they are at least covering that, but not mentioning necessarily the connection to climate change. Uh, NBC and MSNBC have dedicated today uh, to covering the drought. And yet I had the Today Show on from, oh, about 7.30 till 9 o'clock, and I didn't see anything special there. They said they were going to be uh, covering it across all platforms today. Uh, but this latest research just in today from Media Matters finds that only 14% of heat wave stories mentioned climate change, and in their study of major media outlets, only 8.7% of television segments and 25.5% of print articles reported on the record-breaking heat waves in July in the context of climate change. So still pretty bad, and uh, one wonders what it will take to, you know, get more dedicated, regular, and deep coverage of not only, you know, making the connections and, and helping America understand we've got crises, multiple crises on our hands, um, but what are we going to do about it? And, and that's where, you know, uh, um, again, programs and, and blogs like yours who interview the experts who say this is what's needed to really get serious about addressing this are still kind of missing in action on the mainstream media platform. Hopefully that will be the next wave, <laughs> one hopes, because how do we educate Americans? I mean, how are we going to really tune in to what's happening and, and know what's what's up if we continue business as usual, and, and what what are the experts saying we must do? Uh, you cover that. I cover that. But, you know, where are the networks? Where are the mainstream newspaper outlets? Uh, where is radio on this? Well, there's, it's, it, it is a, a shocking omission, uh, you know, uh, again, because this is the, the story of the year. It's the story of the decade, the story of the century. And if we don't take action soon, as you know, it's going to be the story of the millennium because you can't it's it's very hard to undo the climate change that occurs, you know. And for instance, once the Arctic is melted out, it's very hard to refreeze it. You know, it's 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 a lot easier to melt ice <laughs> than refreeze it, as as I'm sure anybody, you know, who's who's ever, you know, seen uh, just ice melt away in a glass knows. Um, and so. Or even uh, ice cream. You melt ice cream and you freeze it again, it's never quite the same. But of well, course. indeed. And, of course, uh, uh, 
we're we're ending up with a situation. And of course, there's the feedback involved. That's the other, I think, the most worrisome thing about doing yeah. nothing is that if this were all just happening gradually, you could say, oh well, we can intervene at any time. But in the case of the Arctic, which is you know may well set a record for ice loss this this. Uh, uh, year, you know, as the ice retreats, the ice is white and reflective, and it leaves in the ocean. It leaves the blue ocean, which is much more absorbent of water. And um, um, uh, that causes the ocean to heat up more and more, uh, more uh, the Arctic Ocean to heat up more and cause more ice to retreat. So, and and there are other feedbacks involving, you know, the the melting, the defrosting of the tundra, and the like. So, you know. I think all people can do is become educated. And I, I try to say, you know, I, obviously it's important to become knowledgeable about climate, hopefully, so that we will act in time. But pretending that it doesn't exist doesn't solve, doesn't make the problem any less important to Americans. People are going to have to make decisions about, do I own coastal property? Do I retire to the south? You know, what do I, if, if I live in the Southwest, am I going to be able to, you know, pass things on to my kids? What, you know, these sorts of choices uh, that people are going to have to make are going to depend on their knowledge of climate change. And younger people, uh, you know, in the coming decades, there are going to be a great, great many jobs because of climate change, both uh, clean energy to reduce emissions and but you know adaptation you know uh people are going to have to be knowledgeable about water and agriculture and the like um and um uh so you know i when i go to speak to to college students and and the like i i say you know you need to understand this because this is this is going to be a career that many of you you know may want to get get into because it's 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 not going away anytime soon and if we don't act soon it's going to be the defining thing of your lifetime like the internet has been over the past you know uh 10 to 15 years so you know, I just think that people need to know about this subject uh, because it's going to be so important to their lives. And and we've been talking for years, Joe, and, uh, you know, back we're, we're kind of saying the same thing, only things have gotten so much worse this summer. You wrote a book years ago called Hell in High Water, and we saw, you know, flooding. In fact, um, my co-host, D.R. Tucker, uh, his house has been flooded for the second or third time this summer. He lives uh, just uh, south of Boston and, and near a lake, and, and they had record rainfall in, in an hour, and uh, or maybe it was a day. I don't want to misquote but you know they haven't seen flooding like this uh fires that we've seen and continue to see uh record heat drought extreme drought across so much of america i mean this is shouldn't this be a game-changing summer um in terms yeah, of i mean i think it should be a game-changing summer i think that 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 certainly the media coverage has gotten better and and like i said the public certainly sees the changes that are coming but i, I you know this is the new normal. So I, I think that next year may is likely to be the hottest year on record because we're entering an El Nino. And so, um, but it hasn't, you know, it hasn't fully become a game-changing summer because true uh, communications messaging to the public starts with our political leadership. And President Obama has been completely, uh, you know, has been almost completely silent on it this year. In fact, I may do a post this evening on, on that on that very subject and I, and I just 
you know, if our political leadership doesn't talk about the problem, it's obviously going to be hard for the public to come away with the view that this is the most important subject. Absolutely. And if you read between the lines, it seemed in that Rolling Stone article, President Obama said that climate change is going to be a big issue in the upcoming election. Uh, and it has not been, despite this extreme, you know, uh, weather that we're seeing and uh, continue to see. And yet it seems like he's almost waiting for demand to speak about it. It's almost like where's the movement from the American people? Where's the demand for, you know, policies that will, you know, enhance and increase and expedite our investment in, you know, clean tech and green you know, energy sources. It, it seems like it hasn't materialized, so he's almost like, oh, okay, you know, if I don't have to talk about it, I'll avoid it, because, of course, uh, environmentalists and climate change activists feel he could and should be doing so much more. And yet, if you compare it to Romney, who's not talking about it at all, only if he is forced to, and then he'll say, well, the evidence, the science is not all in. So isn't it unfortunate that, you know, more Americans really have not connected the dots in a way that, you know, is causing them to demand that our, you know, presidential candidates and our president address what they're going to do to, to deal with um, this looming crisis? No, it's, it's certainly, you know, future generations are going to, I think, be very puzzled uh, by, by what the state of our political dialogue and media... Puzzled and perplexed and pissed, I would think, is appropriate. I mean, to put it mildly... No, absolutely, and I, I, I you know, when, and, uh, but in any case, it's not, you know, I, we still have time to act, and that's why I write Climate Progress, that's why I've written Language Intelligence, uh, my book, and, and I think that people, you know, um, uh, 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 need to become knowledgeable, need to become educated, both for choices in their own lives and hopefully sufficiently motivated to become politically active. And also, you know, social media. You talk about that a little bit in your book, about how even with our 140 characters tweeting, we can be persuasive and effective. Um, what's the message there? Uh, well, we you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, one of the points I make in the book, uh, I talk about the secret of blogging and tweeting. And, and, and um, yeah, I mean, you do need to be pithy because, uh, the, you know, for instance, in my blog, headlines uh, are just so important. Uh, because 10 to 50 times as many people will read one of my headlines, either because I've tweeted it out or because of the search engines, uh, or just because of the fact that most people, and this has been true from the day newspapers began, you know, mo the vast majority of people just skim the headlines and don't read much more. So, yeah, everyone needs to learn to be pithy and profound, um, not, not because that is somehow superficial, but because everyone's busy. There's information overload, and if you can't figure out how to communicate your message quickly and simply, then someone else's message is going to get through. Mm. Interesting that you had uh, leading today's um, blog uh, an item about singer Daria Musk, and uh, I was thinking as I was reading through it, now what does this have to do with climate change? But sure enough, you, you had a connection there, and that's about how uh, if more concerts are enjoyed over the internet uh, we can not have to drive or you know take any kind of transportation to get to these concerts and actually uh, reduce our carbon emissions yeah i mean it's very hard to envision the future of of if if humanity is 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 is, is irrational enough to take no action but but it's very clear that you know by mid-century when we have nine billion or more people uh, but less arable land. I mean, we can barely feed the people we have now, and we're going to add another two billion. But we're going to lose more potable water, and 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 we're going to lose more arable land. So people's lives are going to be completely different 
in this future. And, and people are going to have to do what they do now in ways that consume a lot less. And, and so, yeah, I met this wo- uh, young, young woman, 20s, early 20s, who has become an Internet sensation through the Google Plus uh, circles, and she does these concerts where, you know, I went to this one in New York City last week where I saw her, you know, for um, uh, in front of maybe 150 people. But, you know, over 100,000 people apparently watched it online. Um, and now they've improved the sound quality online and it can be interactive so she can interact with some of the, the, of, of the fans of hers. And, and it's just quite uh, a different experience. But like I said... You know, uh, in the future, I-, I think those types of experiences are going to become uh, more, more, uh, more necessary, more commonplace, more virtual travel, uh, simply uh, as a matter of, 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 of per- you know, preserving uh, what we have. And what do you think of the Romney-Ryan ticket? Some things do go better with Koch brothers. Well, you know, um, the-, the thing about the Ryan budget is that, you know, if you want to, we have a deficit problem, we have a, we have a debt problem, but if, you're, if you say, I am not going to reduce, uh, increase revenues, and in fact, I'm going to give tax cuts to the wealthy, and I'm not going to significantly cut defense budget, then obviously you have to slam this domestic discretionary spending, which is to say research and development, clean energy, clean energy tax cuts, which they, I mean, you know, the, the Romney ticket even opposes wind energy tax cuts. So, you know, uh, not the tax cuts, I mean the tax credits, that's sort of the minimal support that we give to the wind industry, which has helped us have one of the biggest and most vibrant wind industries in, in the world. And so you know it, it it will be important to get the debt under under uh, uh, you know some long term plan to bring it down. But if we were to tackle the debt by slashing research and development and clean energy funding, uh, and then you know they also want to unshackle you know regulations and and let polluters have a free run then we will have a race to the bottom. We will have a low-wage, high-pollution economy. And what we need is a low-pollution, high-wage economy where people spend, you know, are paid to manufacture clean energy technologies or to do retrofits and energy efficiency and the like. Um, and and um, uh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, it will, be a, it will be a fairly stark choice. Although, you know, look, I've made clear on climate progress of my disappointments with the president. Um, uh, but Do you think we're going to hear more from them? And, 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 you know, research out of Stanford, you know, John Krosnick's work shows that uh, candidates would benefit from talking about, you know, climate change and energy issues, and yet they're just they haven't done it yet and and do you think that's going to change between now and november 6th or is it not because again the demand really isn't there or being perceived if it is there um uh you know i i i can no longer tell you what this president will or won't do he said obviously in the rolling stone interview that in fact he he, he thought climate change would be introduced into the campaign it's seems unlikely to me that the media will introduce it and uh, you know given how few questions they asked about it four years ago and I don't expect uh, you know Romney Ryan to talk about it uh, they did not come up in the Republican debates at all in the primary debate right so if it's going to be introduced it would have to be introduced by the president himself and and you know 
he he gave a three minute his radio interview this this Saturday, which I'm going to post. I think in a few hours, he gave this radio inter uh, you know he gave his his scripted uh, you know uh, a weekly radio address. He talked about the record heat wave, the record drought, and all, and never mentioned climate change at all. Astonishing, uh, so isn't it? He's he's, he's sh- shunning the opportunity to to introduce this issue. Uh, is what he's doing exactly, and as if he, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, consider that there are, you know, uh, tens of thousands, if not more, you know, environmentalists, climate change concerned Americans, very much noticing that. You know, does that not matter? Is he just assuming that, you know, he's going to get our vote? Apparently, and uh, it, it it really is kind of mind-boggling. There were a bunch of stories on NBC. Brian Williams has been covering the droughts and fires pretty heavily, but most of them did not mention climate change or global warming. Uh, Ann Thompson was starting to mention it, and then it disappeared again. It's, it's almost like there is something going on behind the scenes. Do you think it is that they're getting told by their sponsors or, or, or management to not make those connections um, at the television network level? Yeah, it's, I, I, I mean... I, I, I know, and you should you should have Roth Gelbspan on your show to talk about that. He certainly has written about that. In, in oh yeah, I've tried to get Roth back on. I interviewed him years ago. He's kind of was you know hiding out in retirement because he was he so is, disgusted with everything. <laughs> he is in retirement. I've been trying to get him to write for the blog. Um, <laughs> we need you, Ross. Come back. <laughs> we do. You know, I, I I think that boiling point. Boy, we should, we better be there now, right? <laughs> if right I now, when <laughs> that the media just doesn't know how to tell this story. And so they think that, that the public isn't interested, whereas we both know that there is a vast amount of audience that, that is interested, that is a hunger for it. Certainly, you know, my blog continues to, to add readers and Twitter followers because people are very interested in what's happening. And I, 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 so I think the media is very wrong about this. But, you know, I will say uh, 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 that, uh, so I, I'm not certain that there's any some sort of conspiracy um, I, I, I think, you know, look, it's not like they cover many issues well. You know, it, it, when was the last time you ever, you've seen a substantive story uh, on, on the networks on, on most subjects? Um, True. It's just that this, this one is just so, so big and yeah. so dramatic. You'd think they'd be all over it. You know, if they go for drama, and even if they like controversy or profess to, you know, you think this would be leading the network news every night. So it seems like there is a little bit more to this. And I think there's some kind of subliminal bias against, you know, environmental stories. And we haven't even mentioned, and we're running out of time here, but, you know, the research that showed, I think Pew did it, that only 1% of all news coverage is environmental content. Now, that was before July, before we had all this extreme, most extreme weather. Most recent extreme weather, uh, and yet 79% of those polled, uh, I think it was a random 1,000 Americans asked, said they would prefer to see more in-depth uh, and improved coverage on environmental issues, including climate change. Oh, I'm sure of it. I am. I am very sure of it. And it's. 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 You know, there are many reasons why we don't see more. Um, which we can, you know, have a, have a conversation about another time. But I. I, I, I do think that. Um, uh, uh, that that it is going to start to change, and, and because the, the extreme weather is not going to go away, and the public is going to demand that people talk about it, and I, I, I it is it not only is it not going to go away, but as we both know, it's just going to get more and more extreme. And I think that there may have been a a step change in in the weather because of the loss of Arctic ice and and the, the loss in Arctic ice dramatically changes the heat balance from 
uh, in the northern hemisphere, and that that dramatically changes the jet stream. And there's some evidence that it weakens the jet stream and allows weather patterns to get stuck more more often. And 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 there's some starting to appear in the scientific literature. And if that all turns out to be true, then you're just going to see these kind of extreme weather now. Uh, for, forever, and, and of course, as it gets hotter, it gets more extreme. So, um, I, I think we are we are at the dawn of of of, of a new era, and I, I, I the, the, it would be nice if the media could help lead lead the way. But in any case, other, you know, uh, people can turn to online sources like Climate Progress if if they want to find out what's going on. And the Green Front as well. And uh, thank you for your incredible contributions, Joe Rome. And we do have this election coming up in less than 90 days, and there is a huge difference in terms of, you know, if Obama's not done enough, he's going to do a lot more than the Romney-Ryan ticket. So let's hope that that gets um, sort of, you know, teased out and exploited as a real strong distinction there. Uh, and thank you again for your latest book. It's called Language Intelligence, Lessons on Persuasion from Jesus, Shakespeare, Lincoln, and Lady Gaga. Joe Rome, of course, is a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress Action Fund, and he runs the indispensable climateprogress.org blog. Uh, thanks for being with us, Joe. And coming up after a quick break, Michael Mann is going to be talking about uh, dispatches from the front lines and uh, the latest on attacks on him and also the science and also talking about the science of climate change. We'll be right back. I'm